Scripture. It's a a passage that is very near to the heart of my family because of several instances in our history. But it's it's a psalm that everyone in the world is probably that's a Christian that knows the Word of God has been reading and praying as of late. I want you to turn to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And today, I just want to go through this psalm with you. And at the very end, we're going to pray this psalm over each and every family and everyone who's tuning in today. This psalm is one of my favorites for several reasons. Verse 16, at the very last verse, was the verse that God gave my grandmother when, when my grandfather was dying in the hospital and they didn't give him any hope. And God miraculously touched him. So this, this psalm has meant a lot to my family through the years. It's filled with the promise of God's protection. It is a psalm that originally had no title, but was accredited to Moses. But this psalm is, is the subject of security for those who have a passionate relationship with God. Those that dwell in Him. Those that live in Him. So let's look at verse 1 today. Join me if you will. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I love that. I love the fact that this verse starts off with a broad open invitation. It isn't narrow. It doesn't say there's going to be just a few of you that can dwell in this secret place. It says, He who. In other words, it's like an invitation. Anyone who wants to come and dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you can do it. Amen? And I've been asked, what is the secret place? And I really believe it. Well, one, one other uh, translation, the MEV translation, the modern English version, states, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. But I believe it, it's, it's pointing us to Jesus. Because in Jesus, that's the only way that we have access to God the Father. It's through Him. He who dwells in Christ. In the New Testament, we hear that phrase over and over again. In Christ. And I want to ask you, are you living a life that is in Christ? Amen? That's my heart. That's my desire. I want to dwell. The word dwell there literally means from the root in the original language to be seated. To be seated in. In other words, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be seated right here in the presence of the true and living God. And I'm going to make this my abode, my dwelling place. And that's what God wants for us. That we never, never leave that presence of God. No matter where you are today. No matter where you are watching. I know we've had several uh, that have come from, that are watching from out of the United States today. Wherever you are, I want you to know you can enter in to that presence and dwell in the presence of the true and the living God. It's when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, to come into your life, to be your Lord and be your Savior. And if you haven't done that yet, I pray that today would be the day that you would say, yes, I need Jesus. 
I'm thankful that we can dwell in that secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow there in the Old Testament speaks of a covering, of a protection. And I am thankful that we can live under the protection of our God. I want us to look at two of the names that are mentioned here as well. There are many different Old Testament names used for God. And the, the first two I see here are important. First of all, it says He is the Most High. Elyon. In the original language, it means He alone is God. He is the highest. There is no one higher in authority, greater in power. There is no other God but our God. Amen? I, I can't hear you very well. You're going to have to... Amen me a little better than that at home. He is the Most High God. His ability to create, the words there, that name is used when God created the heavens and the earth. Church, I want you to know the God that created the heavens and the earth is the Most High God. And if He created everything that we see in this wonderful world and we look into the heavens and see the stars and the planets and the universes, we, we know without a doubt He's able to bring whatever we need into existence to see us through our times of trial. Whatever it is, He is the Most High the other name it speaks of in this verse is Almighty, which means that He is unconquerable. And it indicates His great strength. And that He is a God who is all-sufficient. And that He is eternally capable of being all that His people need. Wherever you are, whatever you're struggling with, some of you may have contracted this virus. God is greater than this virus. He has declared that He is your personal physician. Your personal healing. That's the God that we serve. That's the Lord that we praise. That's the Lord that we worship. The all-sufficient God, eternally capable to meet whatever need His children have. Are you thankful for that today? I want you to look at verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Notice the words, I will say of the Lord. That's important. It's speaking forth what we believe. Scripture in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So church, God's Word is calling us to speak forth the truth of His Word. Amen? To speak life, not death. Life is anything that lines up with the Word of God. Death is anything that doesn't line up with the Word of God. And so, Psalm 91, we're to shout, God is my refuge and my strength. Amen? My God in Him will I trust. He is the one I trust. And I'm not ashamed to say that He is my Lord. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my fortress. The word refuge here in the original language means a shelter, a place of safety, protection and security. 
God is our place of refuge. The word fortress here means a stronghold, a place of hiding, a place of defense, a place, listen to this, a place for gathering supplies for the battle. When we live our lives in Him, He provides us everything that we need to face the battles of this life. Whatever it is, we have it in Christ, in Him. So church, I want you to join me. It says to speak it forth. I want you to shout it out. Shout it out in your home. Shout it out wherever you are that we trust. Our trust is in the Almighty God, the Most High. We, our trust is in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, it's interesting in this psalm, I want to give you some insight that's really interesting. This psalm has three different people speaking in it. The way it is written, it begins with one speaker. And the first speaker is the, is the one that, re, that speaks verse 1 and 2. But then in verse 3, a second speaker steps in. And so I want you to get that picture today. Because here's the one speaker, and he's beginning. And he's, say, he's saying, you know, God is my refuge. God is my strength. And he's saying all these wonderful things. And then there's another speaker that begins to encourage him right back. And so they're encouraging one another in this psalm. So look at, look at verse 3. And this is the second speaker. He says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. So do you, so you just see these two individuals that are encouraging one another, that are speaking the truth about God to one another in, in the difficult times. Verse 3 through 4 are spoken by this second speaker, and he says, God shall deliver you. He reaffirms what, what the first speaker has been saying. God shall deliver you from the traps of the enemy and from pestilence. Is this relative to where we are today? Yes, none of us have ever experienced anything like this. A worldwide virus that, that's traveling around the world where today uh, buildings and offices and churches around the world are actually closing their buildings because they've been directed to, to, to stop the spread of this virus. And, and church... In this time, we need to stand on these promises of God. They are true for our generation just as they were true for in this time in, in Israel's history because Israel suffered plagues. Plagues came through the Middle East during this time. And, and today we're having plagues because of our travel in the airplanes that, that immediately somebody who's who's here and then they travel around the world, they can take it. And so it's spreading everywhere around the world. But we know today that our trust is in God. God is greater. This didn't take Him by surprise. And He promises that He will deliver us from the perilous pestilence. Amen? Before, before we started church today, Pastor Harry spoke to me and he, he was telling me that he talked to his daughter Cassidy and She's down south at Young, Young Life and she's been ministering there and they've had to shut down. And so 
their director called all the Young Life uh, campuses around the world to, that for the next 91 days, every day, they're going to pray Psalm 91. Amen? And that's what we need to do. We need to, to be speaking God's Word, praying God's Word in these unprecedented times. God is greater. Amen? This also speaks of the traps of fear, the traps that the enemy desires to, to come against us and set for us. Church, the enemy's trying to do everything he can to stop the spread of the gospel. And he wants to, to, to shut down churches, but guess what? The building may be closed, we may not be able to assemble in the building, but the church is alive and well and going forth. Amen? It's awesome. It doesn't matter how great the church is. It doesn't matter if it's a church of thousands and thousands of people or if it's a church of less than a hundred. Today, it, 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 all over the United States, every pastor has become a TV evangelist. We're not going to stop. It doesn't matter if we're, if we're two or three we're, or if we're a thousand-member church, we're going to continue to use the technology that God's given us, and we're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? I love that. You know, our church has been praying, praying for several years for revival. And one of the things we've prayed is, Lord, whatever it takes, Lord, we welcome that to bring revival. And church, this, I believe, is one of the things that's going to help draw people towards the move of God. Amen? When people that have kind of been living on, on the fringe of the church and, and not really passionate in the relationship with God, when it comes to things like this, when pestilence is going around the world, guess what? People get on their knees. They begin to seek God. They begin to pray. They read Psalm 91 and they say, that's the kind of Christian I want to be. I want to be someone who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Notice in verse 3, it starts with surely. And Surely is emphatic in the original language. It amplifies the care of the Lord. That God's going to protect us. And that He is going to protect us like, like a, a, a tender bird would shed the feathers over the chicks. Look at verse 4. He shall cover you with His feathers. And under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. His Word is truth. And His Word overrules everything else. I don't care what the, the greatest doctors in the world are saying about this, how long it's going to last, because I know that if God stops, wants to stop it, He will stop it in an instant. He could stop it in one moment, in a miracle, everywhere in the world. Because that's the God that we serve. That's the God that we love. He is our shield, church. He is there for us, protecting us. Now, in verse 5, this was the second person speaking. And in verse 5, it jumps back to the 
first person that was speaking. And he jumps into the conversation again and begins to, to encourage the, the first or the second one that had been, had been, had been speaking. Look at verse 5. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. There it is. God says, you shall not be afraid. Why? Because we're living in the presence of God. We're dwelling in the Most High Lord. We're in His presence all the time. It doesn't matter where we are. We're in His presence. He says, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. The first speaker begins here again and he's, he's, he's talking about things that come in the night. Robbers usually come in the cover of darkness in night. Enemies will come in the cover of darkness on the battlefield to try to surprise. And the enemy of our soul, Satan himself, tries to come in the cover of darkness to deceive us, to entrap us. And God says, do not be afraid. They don't take God by surprise. Did you hear that, church? The coronavirus 19 did not take God by surprise. He's prepared. He's not afraid of it. He's not scared of it. But God is going to take this and He's going to use it to bring people to Himself. To to touch the hearts of people around the world. Now, there's something special that I want to share here. Another reason why this psalm is so precious to my family. Three of my uncles served in World War II. And I grew up hearing their stories and hearing my grandparents' stories of how God protected them during that time. There was one of my uncles, Paul, that was especially protected by God in miraculous ways. He joined the Marines and he was in seven major battles in the Pacific during World War II. Seven major battles. And by being a Marine medic, he was always with the first group hitting the beach. And in many of those battles, the beaches were being bombarded. And he would join them and he would go in and they would begin to dig foxholes. And they would entrench themselves in hope that they could push back the enemy enough that they could make it on up the beach, get off of the beach and into the jungle. But many times they were trapped at first right there on the beach. And there were many, many times when God would wake my grandparents up in the middle of the night and have them pray, not just for Paul, but for all the boys, but especially Paul because he was in the midst of the battles more than the other two. And something miraculous took place because in those times, my grandparents would wake up in the middle of the night and they, they would look at each other, we've got to pray for Paul. They would begin to agree in prayer. And every time that would happen, they would send him a note and say, on such and such date, at such and such time, in the middle of the night, this is what God called us to pray for you. And they would send a letter to him. And 
he would receive that letter and he'd begin to figure out where he was during that specific time. And every time, he would be like in a foxhole with the mortars crashing down, exploding around him. Or he would be in, in the midst of a battle of some kind where his life was, was very much in danger. And, and, and this brought comfort to him and encouragement to him. Imagine he, knowing that God cared enough about him in the middle of that battle to wake his parents up in the middle of the night and call them to prayer. And, and he came through all of those battles. And he, he lived to be well up in his 80s. And, and he, was, he was probably my favorite uncle. I, I spent a lot of time with him through the years in business and and he didn't live that far away, and I'd go spend some summers with him and, and help him build a, a big garage one time. And, and so I, I really loved to listen to his stories. And I would ask him, well, what, tell me another story. Tell me what God's done for you. And he would continue to list these great stories one after another. But church, when you're under fire, when you're in dangerous, dangerous circumstances, God is right there with you. In verse 6, it says, Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. The protection of God extends 24 hours a day. God never takes a break. He doesn't take a rest. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He is always watching over us. We are always in His presence. And he's ministering to to us. And notice this is the second time pestilence is mentioned again. And it talks about pestilence walking in darkness. And it's interesting, in many of the ancient cultures, they would refer to a plague god that would stalk at night and come against their people. This tells us that it doesn't matter what demonic force is behind pestilence that God's greater in the Septuagint the Greek version of the Bible the word destruction is translated demon or ruin and so this this verse tells us that God is watching over us he is greater than any natural danger that we're going to face and he's greater than any supernatural danger we're going to face amen it doesn't matter God's still there and in control. Look at verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. This speaks of God's people being safe, but they're looking out and they're seeing those that are wicked, that are turned from God, that don't want to have anything to do with God, and they see them in the midst of these things receiving their reward. It's just like Israel... When they left Egypt and Pharaoh sent his armies after them and they were up against the Red Sea and Moses stuck his rod out over the Red Sea and the sea parts and and all of Israel walks across on dry land. And then when they get on the other side, they, they hear the Egyptian army bearing down on them, coming down into the Red Sea and, and headed right towards them. And then they're all looking at that. And they, and they see the waters that have been parted by God come upon the Egyptians and drown them all. And that's what this passage is talking about. 
that we will be in a place of safety and we will witness those that have lived wicked lives that do not want God. And we're going to see them receive their reward. In other words, they have earned what is going to take place in their life. In other words, you reap what you sow. That's what God's Word says. And I want to ask you, what are we sowing? We're sowing righteousness. Amen? We're sowing love and grace and mercy to one another. And that's what we're going to reap. In verse 9, the second speaker jumps in again. In verse 9, he says, Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Can you say hallelujah? (laughs) I love that. So the second speaker jumps in again. He's talking about how faithful God is to the followers. Those who abide in Him shall be protected from all kinds of evil. It doesn't matter what kind. And even His dwelling place, His home. I would encourage you to underline this. I would encourage you for an artistic, fun thing with the kids. To get out the finger paints and have the kids write down this psalm on a piece of paper and then tape it to their door. Write this down and put it at the entrance to your house and the, the rear of your house. Amen? That you're saying you're, God honors those little steps of faith. There's nothing wrong with that. It is saying, I believe this is the true Word of God. There is no other Word of God, and I'm basing my life upon this Word. I'm responding to the Word of God. Nothing can happen to a faithful follower of Jesus unless God allows it. I want you to think about that. These promises don't mean that we're going to live a perfect life in a little white house with a little white picket fence in front. It doesn't mean that we can't have fiery darts from the enemy thrown at us or traps that he lays along the way to ensnare us. It doesn't mean that life is perfect, but it means that even in the midst of of the attack of the enemy, God is with us and He will see us through. Amen? Who was with the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace? God didn't keep them from the fiery furnace, but there was a fourth man in the fire. Amen? The, The presence of Jesus was with them in the midst of the fire. Who was with Daniel in the lion's den? The presence of God. He was speaking to God. God shut the mouths of the lions. So even when we face these difficult things, even if we begin to go through these difficult things, we know that the Lord is with us. He's with us. I love that. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 37 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? And this this question being asked means that we can't experience tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. We can experience 
these things. But look at verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are more than conquerors, church. You are more than a conqueror today in Jesus Christ. You do not have to fear what man can do to you or what disease can do because we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. Back in Psalm 91, verse 11. For He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. I love the fact that it says angels. There's more than one. Every one of us in Christ have more than one angel. At least two angels. And some of you, I've seen what you do and how reckless you are. You probably have a whole group of them watching over you. But as angels are watching over us. I love that. How many of us today would not be here if it wasn't for God's angels watching over us? I think almost all of us could raise our hands and say, I've been in a situation, a life and death situation, and it was a miraculous thing that God protected me. In verse 13, it continues, You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. There's two phrases. It begins in this verse and it ends with the same idea. It says tread upon and treading underfoot. Tread upon and treading underfoot. And what that was a reference to, that was a common phrase used in biblical times because when a king conquered an enemy, they would take the conquered king and they would put him down on the ground And then the king who conquered him would come up to him and place his foot on his neck as a sign of total victory over that kingdom. And so that's the picture that's being given to us in this psalm. And I want you to think about that. When the enemy comes against you, there is one greater that says you are more than a conqueror in him. In other words, we have all victory in Jesus Christ. And that one day, the devil's going to be laid out. I want you to just picture the devil laid out. And everybody's putting their, their foot on his throat. Amen? We have victory in Jesus today. We are more than conquerors. This, this verse also speaks of a lion which represents violent enemies that would come to destroy us. It speaks of a cobra, which represents a secret enemy that comes when you may not even realize it. How many have ever been shocked by something of the enemy that you didn't even know was going on, and all of a sudden, wow, it's there in front of your face, someone's coming against you. The Lord says that didn't take him by surprise. Amen? It talks of the young lion in this verse, and that speaks of an enemy at the height of his strength. When when the enemy is the most powerful, God says you still don't have to worry. Amen? You're going to tread upon him. You shall trample underfoot. 
When it, when it says this twice in this verse, it means that it's emphatic. It means this you can depend on. Remember this. Trust in the Word of God. Speak it forth. Then look at verse 14. Now at verse 14, we've had the two encouraging speakers. One has been on one side and the other one's here and they're going back and forth and talking about who God is for those who dwell in that secret place. Well, in verse 14, God comes into the, into the conversation. Amen? How many like that? I, I love that. God comes in. God comes into the, to the conversation. Listen to what He says. Because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him. Hallelujah! <laughs> Amen? Listen to that. Because He has set His love upon me, I will deliver Him. I will set Him on high because He has known my name. God, God wants to set you on high. Does that mean He wants you to be famous? Not necessarily. We talked about this Wednesday night. There's a difference between significance and prominence. Not everybody's going to be prominent. But God's called every one of us to be significant. Amen? Every one of us. God wants to raise you up and lift you up. He wants, wants people to see what He is doing in your life. That's what this is talking about. God protecting us. We're living in a passionate relationship with Him. We love Him! And we're living in that, that passionate presence of God. And so, God begins to do awesome things in our lives. And church, He wants people to see that so that they'll ask you about it. So they'll say, hey, I want that. So that you can give Him glory. It's about His glory. The Lord's speaking to us as His faithful children. And He's making all of these promises to us. But notice the key it's passion for God. It's love for Him. It's abiding in His presence. Church, I was praying this week. And I was praying, and I'm so thankful for our church family. Because we have one of the, the most awesome church families that I, I've ever been a part of. Because we love one another. We care for one another. We're there for one another. We're, we don't have little cliques. We're one big family. We love everybody. And I was praying this week that we would be Psalm 91 people. Not only that we would pray this psalm over ourselves for protection, but that we would, we would take the message of Jesus. That you can live in the, in the presence and the power and you can be more than a conqueror in these situations where you don't have to live in, in fear of any kind, but you can, you can pray for your family, pray for your friends, reach out to them with the love of Jesus and see God do awesome things. There's two more verses and we're going to end. Look at verse 15 with me. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. 
He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And finally, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I mentioned earlier my uncle Paul and how that God would wake my grandparents up. And I mentioned that I would go and, and, and visit him many times in the summer and I would ask him about what took place in World War II in the battles. And he would share with me, he didn't like to really talk about it a lot, which most military uh, personnel that have, have been in tragic situations really don't like to bring it back up. But what he would share with me were the many times that God protected him miraculously. And I want to share one with you. He contracted malaria while he was fighting in the Pacific. And he was hospitalized in one of the camps where they just set up a hospital tent and he was struggling with malaria. And all of a sudden, the enemies surrounded the camp and came in and began to kill everyone. And he heard the shouts and heard the, the turmoil and everything that was taking place. And so he, he could barely get out of bed. But he got out of bed and he began to walk outside of the, the camp. And God did something miraculous. The verse that it talks about where, where a thousand will fall at your right, and ten thousand at your left. He experienced that. Because as he began to walk out, he couldn't walk fast, he couldn't run, he was very ill. But he knew he had to get into the jungle because everyone that was in the open camp, well, the enemy was overrunning the camp and, and people were dying everywhere. He said he, 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 he would just made a beeline straight for wherever he could get closest to the jungle. But God miraculously intervened. And he said, when the enemy was running towards him, he said, it was as if I was invisible. He said, they were running right next to me, passing me, overrunning the camp. And he, and he said, there were those that were dying on one side and dying on the other. And God's presence protected me. And I walked right out of that camp into the jungle and God spared my life. That's Psalm 91 in action, church. That's Psalm 91 in action. Another time, he was in the, in the jungle and he was with a, a small group and they were walking down a trail through the jungle and he was with them and all of a sudden he hears someone call his name and he looks up on a little knoll and there was a, a, a man standing there and he didn't recognize him. But he, he looked and he saw this man and he, the man was saying, Collins, come on up here! Come on up here! So he, he, he looked at the other men and said, go ahead and go on and I'll catch up to you. I'll go see what they need. So he, he took off and he made his way up to the knoll and then he hears this explosion on down the trail. And every one of his friends that were on the trail were killed in a, an explosion. 
and he didn't find the man who called his name. There was no one there. It says his angels have charge over us. He believed that God sent an angel to call him away. Time and time again, God would intervene and Psalm 91 would come to life in our family. And church, I want you to know today, I'm praying that Psalm 91 will come to life in your family, in your home, that you can gather your children around and you can say, this is what God did for us. We shouted from the rooftops, God is my refuge, God is my strength. Amen? We're in His presence. We're in His shelter. He lived through all those battles, seven major battles, and he made it home. And he, he came home with malaria. And malaria flared up again. And he, he went in, he, you could tell, his, he was in church with my grandmother, and, and that, that malaria kicked in, and he was coughing and struggling really difficult. And so my grandmother was there, and she just reaches over and places her hand upon him and begins to rebuke that malaria and pray for him and ask God to totally heal him. And God totally healed him from malaria. He never struggled with it again. That's what happens when you live a life abiding in the presence of God. And church, God wants to use us like that. He wants us to have stories to pass down to our children and our grandchildren of how God intervened in miraculous ways. How God provided. Some of you out there today, you've lost your job. You've lost your job because of the virus. They've shut the doors of the business. Told you to go home. You don't know how you're going to make it. God knows how you're going to make it. God is your provider. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is everything that you need. So shout it from the rooftops. In my, my God, I will trust. In my God, I will trust. He is my God. He's my God. Is He your God today? Then shout it out. In my God, I'm going to trust. It doesn't matter how long I'm laid off. God's my provider. He will see me through. It doesn't matter. In the midst of the pestilence, I'm going to trust the Word of the living God. He says I'm more than a conqueror and I'm going to go through it. This is not the time for the church to say, well, we can't go, so I'm not going to be involved. I'll just wait and someday maybe things will get back to normal. It's time for the church to join us online. It's time to let the anointing of God begin to flow in your life and through your life. It's time to call up people who are scared and who are needy and tell them, we have some food if you need some food. We want to help you through this trial. We want to pray with you. Do whatever we can do to love on people and be the church. The, the building's closed, but the church is alive. The church is on fire. The church is going forward. I've heard many wonderful reports how that the church has just been exploding in China in the midst of this virus. Why? Because there wasn't a cure. Amen? They didn't have any place to go. The hospitals were overrun. They needed something supernatural, something that was greater than the coronavirus. And they found it in Jesus. 
They found people who weren't afraid to pray for them. People who would come alongside them. People who would come and say, guess what? God's made you a promise right here in Psalm 91. Begin to read this over your family. Pray it over your family. Come and join us. And the church has been exploding. And I pray, Lord, if that's what it takes to get the United States back on track, then so be it, Lord. Whatever it takes to bring revival. Whatever it takes. I want to I want to close and I want you to look at your Bible again. Mitch, grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Or you don't have to. You could share with me, but that's okay. Come on. Mitch and I are going to... I want you to, to feel to get a better grip on what's really taking place. So, Mitch, here, just read along with me. You're going to be number one. It's red, okay? And I'm going to be blue, this number two. So you read, you read number one's part, and then I'm going to read number two. Oh, you need, where's the mic? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wing shall take refuge his truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Well, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Hallelujah. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Hallelujah. And then God jumps in. And, and the Lord says, Because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him. I will set Him on high because He has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah! Go ahead. Get ready. Isn't that cool? Have you ever done that before? Have you ever noticed that going back and forth? I just want to encourage you at home today. I want to encourage you to do that in your family. One of you can be 
the speaker number one, the other one the speaker number two, and then the other one can be God. And just read these back and forth and encourage your, your family with it. It'll be fun for the kids. But I want to pray this over you today. And before we close, I want you to receive this. I want you to receive it. I want you to trust God today. He loves you. And I want to ask you, are you where you need to be with God? Are you where you need to be in your relationship with Him? If you don't know the Lord today, or you, you're not sure that you're in right standing with Him, I want you to pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, I come to You with all that I am. I'm not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness. I ask You to forgive me of all the things that I've done that were not right, that were against You and against Your Word. I ask You to come into my heart and into my life to take control, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I welcome You, Lord, and I love You. And I want to dwell in that secret place of the Most High under the shadow of the Almighty all the days of my life. If you prayed that prayer sincerely in your heart, then God has forgiven you of all your sins. And He has welcomed you into His family. And I want to encourage you to get into the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Read the Word of God. And grow in the Word of God. Connect with other Christians. Even if you can't live, leave your dwelling place, you can still call up a friend that you know is Christian. Get online and pray for one another. Encourage one another. Bless one another. And I want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. In Summit Church family, I'm going to pray Psalm 91 over you right now. Lord Jesus, I thank You for every person that calls Summit home. And I pray that every one of us would dwell in that secret place of the Most High. That we would abide under Your shadow. The shadow of Almighty God. That we wouldn't hesitate to speak forth that the Lord is our refuge and our fortress. That we trust in You, Lord. And that You are our Deliverer. You'll deliver us from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. You'll cover us with Your feathers. We'll live under Your protection of Your wings. We'll take refuge there. Your truth, Lord, is our shield and our buckler. And we're not going to be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noonday. And Lord, if a thousand fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, it shall not come near us. Only with your eyes 
shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because, Lord, we have made You our refuge. We have made the Most High our dwelling place. And because of that, no evil shall befall us, nor shall any plague come near our dwelling. Lord, I just rebuke this virus from coming near any home of our church family at Summit. I pray for no matter what age they are, from our smallest of children, newborns, Lord, through our seniors, Lord, that this virus would not enter into our homes. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We come under the blood. Lord, we draw that bloodline that this sickness cannot enter our homes. Lord, You have given us angels. We thank You for that. Let Your angels be in charge over us and keep us. Lord, let their hands bear us up. And Lord, we're going to tread down the enemy. We're going to tread down the, the, the enemy that's so strong at its peak. Lord, the secret enemy. Lord, we're going to trample every enemy underfoot. Because we've set our love upon You. Upon You, Lord. Lord, You've promised to deliver us. Lord, You're going to set us on high that people are going to see what You're doing in our lives. And Lord, when we call upon You, You've promised us that You will answer us. That You'll be with us in trouble. That You'll deliver us and honor us. And with long life, You will satisfy us and show us Your salvation. Father, I just thank You for every member of Summit today, our church family. But Lord, I know there are many watching today that are not members of our church family. I pray that Psalm 91 over them right now. Those that have just given their heart to Jesus. I pray right now, Psalm 91 over their lives, that they would abide in You. Those that are watching right now from other parts of the world, we believe right now that God's going to bring healing to your life. He's going to touch you and, and manifest His glorious love in your life in the man manifestation of His healing power right now. And Lord, I just come against fear. And I rebuke it in Jesus' name. We're going to live in faith, not in fear. And Lord, I just bless everyone who's watching today. I bless them in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Mitch, Mitch is going to lead us in one more song as we end. We make a miracle work. Promise keep light in the darkness. Who you are, that is.
together still as a body, as one church, as the kingdom of God. We ask once again that your hand of protection, your your shelter, your almighty love would just be over us as a church body and over everyone who's watching this morning. We ask that you would keep us together in unity or that you would grow our relationships closer together, our fellowship, our, our communion with one another that we would not lose track of that, God. And most of all, that we would not lose track of our communion with you, that we would learn to abide in the shelter of the Most High. Lord, we ask for your presence and your anointing on all of us. And we thank you for everything you've done. In your name, Jesus. Don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app or by going online at summitwc.com give.